We've done this before. Let's try something new. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today is March 15th, 2021. Yes. And what a beautiful day it is. Yes. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today, as always, with Steve. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Uh, stimulus payment at the time of this recording found out just got passed. Yeah. Very nice. She's coming through. Very nice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's we can gonna... always count on our government to give us a quick satiated need for payments to forget all the fucking shit going on in the world. Like, yeah, oh, right. we're bombing Syria. Iran's refusing <laughs> to mute over the nuclear deal. Not to get too involved in politics, but here's fourteen hundred dollars. Well, I'm going to go out and buy a pair of new shoes. <laughs> I think they came out with new AirPods. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sitting there like shit. I could buy a proton pack. <laughs> I could totally start the sleeve of my tattoo. <clears throat> yeah, right. I can finally get my Metallica tattoo fixed. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to keep that. Now it's just it's, well, I want to I want to keep it and add on to it. Yeah, maybe one of these days for the listeners, if they really want to, and they follow us on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at ratm podcast and facebook.com slash ratm podcast. Maybe I'll post a picture and let them see this monstrosity. That's we can my add arm. my pentagram to it. My first tattoo that I refused to get covered up, <laughs> even though it was done with a fucking hot ink and staple when I was 13 years old and had to wear long sleeve and regular t-shirts forever. <laughs> Hide it. Took three years before my parents finally found it. And they're like, Oh my God, he's the devil. <laughs> he can never care. Like my stepmom refused to drive me places. She was like, You're the devil. Like, it's just a tattoo. We're not that serious. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> it took a solid like four months before I could get car rides again. That's so funny. <laughs> See, what I would like to do is I would like to outline everything in red, yeah. right? Do like a thin like red outline. Yeah, you could just have it totally redone. I mean, the blueprints yeah. there, but and then in the background have it be like the thunder and lightning and the blue clouds and shit from the ride, the lightning cover. Yeah, have that be in the background. Then all like you know like all like the black be outlined in red. I feel like I feel like that would look pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But, um, because it's the way it sits now, it is. Yeah. And you can thank Congress if you have the opportunity to do that. <laughs> my my <laughs> fucking kids are going to be like, what is that? <clears throat> that, son, is the uh, epitome of mistakes did, made did in Metallica adolescence. Did Metallica do the Top Gun soundtrack <laughs> or something? <laughs> uh, that's great. It meant to be something else. <laughs> so, to start, because usually I'm the one to go, but ask you so we don't get in a fucking tangent of beverages or whatever the hell happened last week. Did you stumble on anything new and interesting in the uh, seven minutes in between these recordings? Yeah. <laughs> well, I cracked open a fresh liquid death. And I cracked open a fresh yerba. <laughs> you can find them on liquiddeath.com. Find yerba, I guess, at a website. Yeah. I just get them on Amazon. Or, or Wawa. Like every other sheep in this society. <laughs> yeah, or Wawa. Um... <clears throat> um, I haven't really encountered anything new. However, I did re-listen to a song from 
Guitar Hero 1, the song's called Cheat on the Church by Graveyard Barbecue. Memories. Yeah, like I remember hearing this song and thinking it was Rob Zombie for like the longest time just because of like totally the goofy nature of off, the show. Yeah. yeah. And um, still holds up to this day. I mean, I haven't played Guitar Hero in years, but... That is something that I would probably want to revisit. What, Guitar Hero? Yeah, that was just like... I remember just being like stoned or getting drunk at a friend's house at like 15, and that would come out, and it was like the opportunity to listen to good songs and yeah. be the reason if it sucked. <laughs> like, for well, some reason, I thought the Iron Man solo was the hardest thing in the world on Expert as a kid, because like I'd never played before, and I would yeah. watch them, someone play that. Like, really I would do that. Yeah, I was like really stoned, and I'm like, oh, dude, that's... Looks difficult. Oh, <laughs> God. Actually, it's kind of funny because that was like my first introduction to Guitar Hero. I was at this girl's house for her birthday party and she had gotten Guitar Hero and she had been playing and they were playing Came Iron crazy, Man. dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And it was funny because like they're playing Iron Man. And they're like, yeah, this is this is fucking crazy. And I remember I'm, like the 80s one came out was cool. Yeah. There was some good shit on there. Um, Yeah. So I remember being at this birthday party. And, like, this girl's playing Iron Man, and, like, I had just learned it, like, for real on guitar, like, on real guitar, and I'm like, I can fucking do that. Just doing five buttons. It's five buttons, and it's not even a real SG. I could I could do this. I got a Les Paul. And then I was like, fuck it, expert. I'm, I can actually play this for real. I look like the biggest asshole that's ever Dude, walked on Dude, it was just Planet like Earth. people really thought that Guitar Hero would just translate to regular guitar. Yeah. Like the episode of and South Park. The episode of South Park is hilarious. Oh, my God. And they're trying to break the high score, and it turns into like, you know, Stan basically gets a drug addiction, a heroin <laughs> hero. and all. But Stan's dad comes in and yeah, brings Randy out his Les Paul and plays, you know, he, uh, Can- carry all my carry, Yeah, <laughs> Kansas. And they're just like, dude, dude. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like they shut him cool. down. Yeah, like yeah, they totally shut him down. He's like super embarrassed by it. <laughs> but that's what happened for the longest time. Like people got more credibility for playing through the fire and flames on oh expert God. than they did for being able to sweep on like, you know, a strat. Yeah, it's, it's just, unbelievable. It was crazy. And then if you learned the guitar hero songs, you weren't cool because you learned the guitar hero yeah, songs. Because like, you obviously only ever heard Iron Man yeah. on Guitar Hero before. Oh, Mother by Danzig? Okay. I'm not going to lie. It was the first time I ever heard that song was on Guitar Hero. Of course. Like, right. A lot of people. That was the first time I ever heard Cowboys from Hell was on Guitar Hero 1. What was a first song that I heard on Guitar Hero? You know, this is going to... All right. Because you're talking about songs that you shouldn't have heard for the first time. First song I ever heard. First time I ever heard it on Guitar Hero. Lay to Rest. One. By really? Metallica. The first time you ever heard that was on My Guitar Hero? My friend had it as a ringtone. The yeah. I didn't know what song that was. I knew it was Metallica, <laughs> but I never really dove into Injustice for All, yeah. the full album, outside of Harvester of Sorrow and Short as Straw. Because they just were played for some reason randomly and like yeah. my friends would play music. And then I heard that as a ringtone. I didn't know what it was. And then when Guitar Hero 3, I think it was, came out. I think it was 3. Yeah. Then I finally heard the full song. And all of a sudden, I had to act like I'd known this forever. And like, oh, yeah. yeah they should have put Master of Puppets on here because one's a little overdone. Even though I'm like, dude, this is actually a really good fucking song. <laughs> yeah, but that was the first time I ever heard that song, which is odd enough. Actually, that Guitar Hero was the first time I heard Laid the Rest as well. Yeah. I actually um, heard Laid to Rest before that because I heard Omerto when I was younger yeah. and I had to go figure out what that band was. 
And you know, on LimeWire, when you download songs and it's like not actually a song, I downloaded Omerita and it was actually laid to rest. Uh, so I was like, this isn't the same song because I remember how it opened, but then I listened to it. I'm like, but that's definitely the same band. I just didn't know what song yeah. it was. Actually, same album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knew <laughs> none of that. Knew none of that. <laughs> that happened to me with Death too on LimeWire. Like when I de- heard Sound of Perseverance, the first song I ever heard was Flesh and the Powered Holds and yeah. Spirit Crusher. So when I went and downloaded Death, and I downloaded Evil Dead off a of screen bloody gore. I'm like, this isn't the same fucking band. Limewire <laughs> fooled what, me. What, what the fuck is this shit? Yo, if you listen to Sound of Perseverance as a kid and oh, yeah. scream bloody gore, no way are you thinking they're the same band. Yeah, you there's have no, no context to go band. on. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else on guitar. Uh, I heard Buckethead for the first time on Guitar Hero. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the first time I heard Buckethead was introduced to Buckethead, too. And then I remember, like, I learned how to play that, and it was, like, not as cool because it, yeah. it was on Guitar Hero. Yeah. And I couldn't do, like, the eight-finger tapping thing before the solo and, like, the... <laughs> Buckethead's an amazing musician. Very amazing. For will ever be in history. But, um, yeah, Guitar Hero. Good. Cheat on the Church. Graveyard right, Barbecue. Right down Memory Road. Exactly. I think that was a bonus track, too. I think you had to beat the game in order to play yeah, that song. Yeah, you get song. the extra or, tracks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. the Fire and Flames was like that, too. That's what that was. Yes. It? And Jordan was the one on Guitar Hero, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yep. Actually, and it's funny, too, on Guitar Hero 2 as well, I believe Fire It Up by Black Label Society, which is actually the first time I ever heard Black Label Society. Wait, wasn't that on Guitar Hero 1? Oh, might have There been. was a Black Label Society song. It was Guitar song, Hero 1. I think, it, yeah. Guitar Hero 1, Fire that. It Up was on it. And that was yeah. the first time I heard, I like knew that Zach Wilde was in a different band. Because mm-hmm. like, I heard the squeals and I was like, oh shit, that, that fucking Zach Wilde. <laughs> I gotta look this up real quick. Because like, there's gotta be something on, because I remember something being on Guitar Hero 1 outside of 1 on Guitar Hero 3 that had, yeah, here we go. Let's see. Guitar Hero 1's track listing was pretty good. Main set list. Oh, this is actually pretty good. Oh, Cochise, Cokeyes, or oh, however yeah. you want to pronounce it. Yeah, well, some people say call Cokeyes or for some reason. Cokeyes. But Cochise <laughs> by Audio Slave. Yeah. That was a first for me. Wow, they had Fat Lip on there, Crossroads by Cream, Edgar Winter Group's Frankenstein, mm-hmm. um, Godzilla, Blue Oyster Colt, oh, Higher Ground, Red no. Hot Chili Peppers, I Want to Be Sedated by the Ramones. This was what Mad sucked, House though, because this was, was before. Yeah, this was before that they could get the rights to play the actual song. So remember, they were like the weird, well, like, coverish. They couple were couple of full blown cover songs. Yeah, played by like pro level musicians. Actually, funny you bring that up because one of the main dudes that recorded a lot of those songs for Guitar Hero One and Two, Marcus Henderson. I'm actually friends with him on Facebook, so I think I might have to contact him and uh, see if I can get him on here for an interview. Because I mean. As much as like the those bands that they emulated were parts of our growing up and like lives, the people that played those songs on Guitar Hero, as we just said, they were probably just as much of an impact as they're the ones that got us into those fucking bands in general. Yeah. So, Marcus, if you're out there listening, I'm gonna be contacting you very shortly to get you on our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it is. Fired up Black Label Society was in the bonus tracks. Even Rats by the Slip. Yeah, Cheat on the Church, Graveyard Barbecue, mm-hmm. Behind the Mask, uh, Anarchy Claw, Breaking Wheel Artillery. It's funny because I forgot that they had levels. Yeah. Like in, you know, toughness of the songs. Helmet made it on here, which I, didn't, yes, I forgot. Unsung. Yeah. Song it was on uh, tier four. Ziggy Stardust was on tier four. The highest tier was tier six. 
And I'm glad that this made it here in face melters. For instance, Godzilla made it on there for mm-hmm. a face melter, which was crazy to know Blue Oyster Cult was at that level. Frankenstein, Edgar Winter Group, which makes sense. Bark at the Moon made it too. Yeah. Which I'm glad. Like, I'm glad that that got to that note. And dude, that dude, Marcus Henderson, fucking nailed that song like nobody's business. Yeah. The opening Rick, uh, licks were Smoke I Love Rock water. and Roll. Uh, infected by Bad Religion made it on there. I Want to Be Sedated. Wait, let's see. You could tell these. Smoke on the Water had to have been on. The, it was. It was on. Uh, maybe it was the second one. No, it's on here. Oh, yeah. So, opening Licks. Yep. Yeah. Stellar by Incubus was on here. Symphony you can tell the, the set list. Uh, well, yeah, set list in the game. But like the track listing for these games was actually made by real musicians and real music fans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Based songs themselves, the song you can tell for the instrumental. But I think it was always like the vocals that killed me. Like, yeah. go, go, God, like the Godzilla. Like I remember... <laughs> Um, and you got another thing coming by Judas, but yeah. like Ace of Spades, because there's certain vocalists that you can emulate, yeah, but just aren't. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one that always got me though was um, fuck, what was it? It was on Guitar Hero Two, Them Bones. Yes. Like oh, that, like yeah. they tried hard to sound like Lane and Jerry, <laughs> yeah, but dude. it didn't didn't work yeah. out. I remember Rock Band was the same way. There was a couple of songs, I believe, uh, Cherub Rock. Oh, okay, yeah. By Smashing Pumpkins, it was not Billy Corgan, and it was just, it was like, because that's like not, not a voice, unless you're him, can yeah. you really emulate? You know what I like doing, though? Like, as those games progressed, you were able to turn down the rest of the band and, like, only hear the guitars really? or only hear the drums. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. I if, suffered if you, through. Yeah, if you go into, like, um, if you go into, like, the settings or options or whatever, you can turn down everyone else except for the guitar if you wanted Oh, wow. So it's yeah. a straight instrumental track. Mm-hmm. Okay. I never do that. I'm probably going to have to go revisit this. Yeah, honestly, dude. I like it. it. was funny. Will brought Guitar Hero 2 over, or Guitar Hero 1, and there's a problem with Guitar Hero 1 because it was made at a point in time where, you know, obviously we they didn't have TVs like we have now. Oh, so have the... Now. It's yeah. all delayed, and there's no way to set, like, the aspect To match ratio. up to the uh, frames yep. per second. Yeah, there's yeah. no calibration on the first game. Because you can't even get... Unless you bought a specific monitor that could edit to match the FPS on it, there's no way that's going to work yet. Because most you FPS... You need an old TV. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you just need an old-ass TV old if you're box. looking for like Guitar Hero. Yeah, one. one of those TVs that weighed like 250 <laughs> pounds and was like a quarter of the size of like the flat Your living room. today. <laughs> yeah, dude. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah, so new and interesting as well. I actually just found this out, and I did not even know that this was a thing. So Melvin's. Okay. Melvin's. They have a lineup now entitled Melvin's 1983, which is exactly because the lineup changed so much um, with the except, you know the exception of Buzz and Dale Crover, the drummer. Um, but they have their 1983 lineup, so we're talking near original. That's pretty cool. They just released an album. Oh, so it's technically titled, titled under the Melvins in the album cover, but they enlist themselves and say Melvins 1983 because it is that lineup. Uh, the album's called Working With God. It came out February 26th, I want to say. Full-length album, new stuff, 38 minutes, 13 songs. I haven't listened to it because, like I said, we've only had a seven-minute intermission between weeks, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just faster than time. Minute per day. Yeah, um, so that'll be interesting to listen to because Melvin's – you know, I always like Buzz Osborne. He's oh, yeah. just a very good musician. He's very down to earth, never been caught up in controversy. Just a totally great, great band. And to have that original 1983 lineup is really and fucking cool. And fellow fat guy. Yes. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. God, I always respect like him and Tad guys. Doyle, dude. They're my boys. The I feel like I feel yeah, like if we ever Tad, met up in person. Yeah, dude. You, Tad, and Buzz, it'd be like we start the epitome of like the beneficial three stooges in terms of talent and humor. <laughs> totally be about it. But yeah, new so, Melvins. Tad and Buzz. Hit us up on our social media. Hit us up on our social media. Yeah, working with God, 2021 release by the Melvins. Technically, Melvins 1983. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm stoked to listen to that. Like, it makes you wonder if you know if there was like a version of like these bands that could go back to like original lineups and shit. Some of them do uh, and get close to it. Like, um, for instance, Nocturnus was a you know death metal band, a tech death band in the early '90s, and then they kind of revisited form. Now they're called Nocturnus AD. So every time they'll kind of like subtly change their like Venom did the same thing. Venom released albums under Venom something. I forget what it's called. Okay, Um, but bands will do that from time to time. But yeah, it is cool because like Burn the Priest, for instance. Even though they were all together the entire time, they went back to a different form of releasing music, which yes. I think would be cool if some fucking day, and I know it's like too early to even think this would be a possibility, but Chris, Chris Adler reunites yeah. with them and they release a Burn the Priest album because he, he won't commit to being in Lamb of God. Well, he finally did an interview yeah, recently talking about it. where he said it was toxic being in that band. And it makes sense because I feel like this the way Chris Adler went, and we're not going to go down a huge rabbit hole of this conversation, but brought dystopia last week briefly with megadeth mm-hmm. you can tell the terms of music that chris adler wants to play and you can see the direction lamb of god was yep. heading in so i can totally see creative differences and since he was an originating member since burn the priest you're gonna have that exactly you know what the fuck the same thing with dave lombardo and slayer mm-hmm. like the fact that they got rid of him and then they had to bring him back for their uh christ illusion released yeah you know and it's then he wind up, you know, touring with other bands in tours with Slayer being a part of. It. I mean, it's just a whole thing because yeah, that was like a whole match. Always going to be. I, I read about scenes. the Dave Lombardo shit with Slayer, and they 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 gave him a raw fucking deal, dude. They fucked him over bad. Yeah, management. Oh, yeah. Fucking, they totally fucked him. He was kind of a prick about it though, because the yeah. money he wanted at the same time, but irrelevant to the fact to know that you know he's just he's part of your band. Like, exactly. He's essential. Yeah, that's like, you know, like trying you to... You could have replaced Kerry King at any point, but he was an essential figure to Slayer. Exactly. Lars Ulrich was absolutely disposable, but he was Metallica. He was integral to the band. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of moves that you can... And make. like, it's fucked up too with drummers, because I feel like drummers kind of get like the, the shafts when it comes to that shit. Like, they could be replaced. Oh, yeah. Like, with somebody that's better or younger well, think about or death. whatever. Yeah. How many amazing drummers were on that band that still fucking got the boot? Look at Dream Theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Portnoy is fucking arguably one of the greatest drummers yeah, of all time. Absolutely. And, you know, they were able to replace him with Mike Mangini. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mike Mangini in his own right is fucking amazing as well. Yeah, but but Portnoy is it's just, just like one of those things like you, you can't need give, to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Like unless you're in like a greatest hits type era, like a Journey or Poison or Motley Crue or some shit, you can't replace a guitar player because they're, you know, in, in creative differences. But that's the yeah. thing with Lamb of God. Lamb of God's still trying to... Mm-hmm. evolve and shit like that so i mean again when we talk about drummers especially drummers because that is there's not a level of face there's only so many bands out there like rush for instance yeah rush was pure like that he was that was the band right there mm-hmm. you had everything around it but people went to go see that that was almost a theatric in itself yep john bottom was never going to be replaced do you want to table this and do this as an actual topic yeah this is getting way too crazy or do you want to turn this into the topic we could probably actually turn this into the topic you want to turn this into the topic 
Yeah, because this is what we do anyway. We riff exactly. to a point. So let's get into music history and we'll revisit this. Yeah, exactly. See, this is the thing that makes Rage Against the Mainstream above or maybe below, depending on how you think of it, on other music podcasts. If you want to come listen to two average dudes <laughs> <laughs> having a conversation that evolves into whatever we're going to talk about today. Maybe that's what we should do. Like, we should come in here with no idea. We're going to do a test run. This is basically what we did. This is the yeah, first one. This is number one. Literally didn't have this an idea. This is history in the making. And we just We just show up and when we run on the tangent... Like, like, not forcefully tangent, but like we always do. Yeah, I don't want to put us on a pedestal to say we're better than everybody else because we don't pre-plan our fucking shows. But then again, this is just natural talent at its finest, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. So let's get into music, music history. history. <laughs> on this day in music history. On this day, March 15th, 1958, Elvis Presley performs his last concert before leaving for the Army. A show at Memphis's Russwood Park. Aside from two benefit shows in 1961, it is the last Presley concert until 1969, where Credence Clearwater still couldn't break through to number one on the charts. <laughs> Goddamn shame for CCR. Gotta you know that's the thing that. too that people tend to look past with Elvis Presley. He was a he was a veteran. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he did serve. that's yeah. That is one of the things that people, if they don't really think about him, just as a music figure, and that's it. When mm-hmm. you look, dive a little more into it, that's part of his story in a significant matter. Exactly, and it's almost like the Johnny Cash thing too. Johnny Cash was a veteran as yep. well. I mean, I guess back then it was more like widely like implied that you should be. Well, fun, I mean, if you watch any movie or just talk to anybody from that time, I mean, it's not something that a lot of people want to discuss when you ask people about veterans affairs, but that was like a prideful thing. Yeah. You know, people wanted to go do that. Like you're talking about a dude that has a music career. He was like more than a music career. He was like, well, not in 1958, but I'm saying what he was headed to be oh, the yeah. potential. The like, fact that he was willing to put that on hold to serve yeah. and then yeah. still come back and fucking, Become even bigger than before. <laughs> yeah. Become like impressive. the household name. Like not just a household name, the household name. One day we're going to have to discuss artists that deserve biopics. Yeah. Because he's more. And Elvis is it. Yeah. Uh, 1972, as a publicity stunt, the Los Angeles radio station KHJ, almost like Kirk Hammett, John, plays Donny Osmond's Puppy Love for 90 minutes straight. Concerned listeners call the police who show up at the station to find no laws except good taste are being broken. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't stupid. know if I know this song. No, neither do I. Oh. Puppy love. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, our, D- our resident DJ fucking lost his shit. He's been playing this for 90 minutes. I would have thought he died. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Well, he probably thought something crazy happened That's at the station. Pro- yeah. Like, oh, they're, they're taken over by terrorists. Like in Jingle All the Way. <laughs> oh, my God. I want the Turbo Man doll. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Well, they going call f- this 1979. Going forward, yes. <laughs> seven years, 1979. At a party following a Stephen Stills concert, Elvis Costello gets in an argument with Bonnie Bramlett of Delaney and Bonnie. Reportedly, refer- uh, reportedly refers to Ray Charles as a blind, ignorant... Word. Costello pleads inebriation and says he was just trying to outrage her. That's still fucked Bottom up. Bottom line, dude. You shouldn't be yeah, that you're shit. Elvis Costello. You know, you got us. 
decent, reputable reputation. And this is 1979. You know, yeah, you don't outrage people by just blatantly being fucking disgustingly rude. Like, I'm what not, does Ray Charles ever do to him? I'm, I know. I'm not going to jump on the whole bandwagon of like t- trying to be totally PC all the time. But yeah. there is a line that people should just never cross at any point. Regardless of what you're going to... And that, that's the thing. You're going to blame it on inebriation. Okay, that's a start. And then say you were just trying to outrage her. First of all, if you're blaming it on inebriation, you're basically saying that's the honest truth deep down inside. That's a damn shame. That poor dog. <laughs> Tragic. But yeah, you can't really blame shit on being drunk anymore. I'm kind of over that because a lot of people Dude, will say that's basically the truth You know serum. what you're doing. It's the truth serum coming out. You've been drunk. I've been drunk. Yeah, you're literally, you know all you're, you're doing, doing with alcohol is like breaking down every barrier in your brain that's like, don't do this. When you say shit in your head out loud and you're smiling <laughs> and shaking a hand, the walls are gone. Now it's just flying out of your fucking face. <laughs> and that's what happened here with Elvis Costello. Every time I hear Elvis Costello, I just keep thinking of that a scene from Austin Powers. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach and Mr. Elvis Costello. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, yeah, but what an asshole. All right. And jumping years ahead. 2003. Today was very slim pickings, as I was told by a producer today. Um, slim pickings assistant for, to the assistant general. What yeah, assistant to the assistant regional manager. Yes, that's it. I was told that it was very slim pickings for history today. Yes. So, digging at the bottom of the barrel here. The, the oblivion officer, bin of history. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> to the oblivion bin of pop culture, um, the Offspring announced that their new album will be called Chinese Democracy, mocking the long-delayed Guns N' Roses release. Dexter Holland of the Offspring says, Axel ripped off my, ripped off my braids, so I ripped off his album title. So, the Offspring are nowhere near relevant enough to be able to get on the level of Guns N' Roses. They have some decent music at the end of the day for yeah, our generation. Yeah, they have memorable, iconic songs. Yeah, but Axl Rose wasn't like, wow, Dexter Holland looks really fucking cool. Let me start doing this. Guys, have you ever seen this guy, Dexter Holland? Yeah, like, come on, bud. You know what's funny? There's and labeling your album Chinese Democracy. Because the thing about the Offspring is they get bunched into that like, Bad Religion is where I draw the line. Yeah. At being punk rock, but almost being pop punk. And then you have bands like Green Day. And then you have bands Blink-182. Then you have bands like The Offspring, where they're, like, punk. Yeah. But they're, like, Alice in Chains, The Grunge, where they have a metal side to it, where, yeah. you know, The Offspring just aren't punk rock to me. No, By any I stretch. So. I don't think... Yeah. Everything about it is very commercialized very polished. The riffs are very, you know, organized. I mean, just total opposite of what I expect from that genre. And so for him to go out there and be Well, it would be like if Dexter Holland was known for having braids and him and Axl Rose looked a lot alike. And then at that point... And their music was relevant to each other where they were touring. At that point, I would be like, okay, well, you stole my look, so I'm going to steal Appetite for Destruction. And you pick Chinese Democracy. That's my thing. Like, of all albums... You really want to spit in someone's face. Yeah, call your album... The SpaghettiOs Incident. Offspring Lies or something. Yeah, Yeah, anything. I think it would be funny to call it the SpaghettiOs Incident. Yeah, that would have been great, too. Or, like, the Ravioli Incident. The SpaghettiOs Incident would have been perfect because the O for Offspring would have been perfect. Perfect, dude. The, you could have right. put a little FF, you know, spring next to the O and SpaghettiOs as like the title of the band mixed in with the title and had the same fuck. 
See here, you blew it. Now a- we're going Atlantic back. Capital. Whoever is in charge of the uh, yeah, your marketing structure. Fuck at you. You need to it, get dude. in touch with us because we have some ideas. You blew it. Yeah, <laughs> you fucked up, a Aaron. <laughs> you don't fucked up, a Aaron. I hope his name's Aaron too. That would be even more. Oh my god, fun. fucked up. What are we looking at here? I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, All right, so that's my suggestion. Oh yeah, okay. All right, so um, going back to our topic. Going back to what we said, I I, we started to go on that tangent. We really were onto something. So I'm figuring we kind of just like let's 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 construct this together. Let's in real time figure out how we're going to discuss this. All right, and so come up with a consensus. So there's a couple ways that I think about this whole like losing members thing. I know we did a topic on losing members and bands succeeding afterwards. But as far as like actually bringing in real world like terms or real world, uh, uh, real world uh, fucking examples, I would I say like when we talked about members, we should talk about like in the contrary with you know who are considered lifeblood members. Like if you remove them, the band uh, would die. I feel like in certain instances. Like the bass player could be thrown away, but that's what I'm saying. There's some bands. That's what I'm saying. You could find, yeah, exactly. exactly. Slayer. Yeah, well, that's different though. If you separate Tom Mariah from being a doesn't matter though. You're you're that. I think that's the the loophole in it to know that you couldn't replace him. Yes, because he is the bass player, but he may be the vocalist simultaneously. So he's still like uh, Getty Lee. Oh yeah, for instance, that's true. You know that same concept. Getty Lee's another one. Actually, all those dudes from Rush. You yeah. can't replace. So any I say of we them. leave out vocalists because I mean you can go like a Queen and like do yeah. I say we just stick it to instrumental basis of drums, guitars, bass. Okay. Of members of bands that are totally irreplaceable. Keyboard. Keyboardist, if you want to add them, because okay. yeah, Christine McVie as well. I mean, yeah. but you're using her vocal abilities. I mean, so that ties in as well. Okay. So we just go down a list of like some bands. Well, it, it is funny though with the vocalist thing because Journey. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Like that like that is an extreme situation to where they're still able to operate and have fans enjoy them as Journey with as close as they can get to the original singer which is Steve Perry. Yeah. I mean, I forget what the dude's name is. It's like uh like uh, He's Korean, isn't he? Filipino. Filipino. What the fuck is that dude's name? If I seen him in person, I'd be like, oh, shit, you're the guy from Journey. I think it's like Armando or something or Ar- like Ar- Ar- uh, something. I don't know. You- you'll look it up. Yeah, I got it. Arnel Panita. Uh, Homeboy can't speak a lick of English, but he can fucking sing Journey. He's got the pipes, dude. Dude, and it's funny because I've seen him live with him, and he's phenomenal. Yeah, Steve Perry is no. Uh, I mean, he is. I'm not a fan of Journey, but I am a fan of Steve Perry because yes. I, I again I just really appreciate in the era of auto tune and the ability to manipulate vocals. That's mm-hmm. why I use live music as a full attribute, like attribute to know that this band is good. Exactly, that is empirical evidence that this band is solid because yep. there's no studio work going behind their talent, and it makes that industry understandably harder. Yes, you know, you, not everybody could just break through back then. Like you, you needed good. talent. And yes. I, I know I'm not gifted with fucking vocals. Neither I'm gifted I. with great guitar abilities, drum abilities, Me um, you know, art abilities. You know, there's just some niches that people don't have. Yeah. But Steve Perry, man, like there are thing? some people that are just 
born to fucking sing. Yeah, it does make me wonder though, like what we are actually really good at. Yeah, this I guess. Yeah, I. Um, but even like to this, we're kind of like mediocre, we're, we're I guess. we were. At, all right, listen. The same thing with an album, right? Yeah. When whoever you believe in created this whole thing, some people got peppered into society as like you know, just there. Um, you know the filler tracks to you know, <laughs> like oceans by Pearl Jam, <laughs> just to get on the album to fill it up. Ooh, that's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're the we're the filler beings of society. Yeah, you know, get our blue collar jobs. Get, I'm looking you know, to just, just be a B side at least. Oh yeah, we're definitely B side. We're B side. We're an album. We're we're people that some people will think is the best song on the album, but to the <laughs> masses, we are like, I mean, it's not bad. But, you know, it yeah. could have been removed. We're like the put it this way: when we die, give it like forty years. When you know our you know generation and offspring and family members die out, we're never going to be talked about again. No, but Michael Jackson, he will continuously be talked about until and then society. If we ever ends. search him up on the internet, we might come up. I come up on a Google search, thank God. You can search my full name. I don't come up for the right reasons, but I come up You're on a there. Google search. So that's my footprint. Actually, believe it or not, if you search me up on Google, yeah. I'm actually one of the first things to come up. Perfect. So there you go. That's all you it's need. It's not us, it? but it's yeah, me. Yeah, you need to get it to some regard. So we're <laughs> we're not, that's what I'm saying. We're filler track, but not the worst track. Yeah, we're not the worst. We're not like, you sh- this shouldn't be here at all. Yeah, we're we're not the you know wherever I may roam off the black album. Yeah. We're more along the lines of like I don't know, like my friend in misery or like God that failed. Yeah, and guys like Jeffrey Dahmer him. and John Wayne Gacy are like full sane anger because people will still talk about it, but not for the right reasons. You know, <laughs> we're like Garage Inc. Yeah, we're filler humans. Yeah, <laughs> but we're going back to Steve Perry, like what the fuck happened there? <laughs> People that can't be fillers or people that, all right, I'm trying to think of like particular bands. Like I feel like keyboardists could be replaced because. Easily. Because certain it, bands. Yeah. Well, it depends. If the band is in like a greatest hits era and they're not making any new music, they're just going out to play their fucking tunes. You could have anybody come in and play. Yeah. As long as they can perform the music and do the part. Yeah. Like a tribute band type deal. I feel like keyboards are might like probably the easiest people yeah. to replace because you're always gonna have someone that's able to play those parts. Yeah. Like, you know, I I I mean, if Michael was here right now, he'd probably be sitting there like Oh yeah. Motherfucker. Demon. Like, but that's the thing. When we talk about bands, for instance, like Bad Company. Truth. Bad Company. Yes. I saw Paul Rogers with a supporting band. Yeah. That band could have recorded an album with him, called it Bad Company, and it probably would have been just as good. Exactly. And it's not to say if there's huge Bad Company fans out there that are best friends with the original musicians from the band, Mm -hmm. you know, that is what it is, but they're not on the same lengths of a Led Zeppelin, the Who. Every member in those bands are integral. Yeah. You know, you got to see with Metallica, they were forced into a basis change. Yeah. You know, they made another change, you know. Well, I'm talking about with the Burton situation. They were literally forced because he... Yeah, that's what I'm using in the comparison for because Cliff Burton would have been there forever. I think. I think I honest to God though, I think with the way the band was going and the direction they were going, because I think they they went moving. that way because of other circumstances. Yeah, but I also feel like they were always heading in that direction. I don't because know because you think of the progression between like Master uh, and Ann Justice was pretty close. 
Yeah, but they got more into a progressive route with that. And you have to remember where Cliff's fucking, like, influences and shit were lying. It was in, like, punk and fucking, like, southern Exactly. So if he was still there, I think it would have kept going that way. You think so? Yes. Hmm. We'll get out of this band, though, because yeah, we, yeah. we always get stuck with this. We, we can literally talk about Metallica but for But going hours. back, when we talk about, like, Portnoy, Lombardo, Chris Adler, if we look yes. at, at it at drums, essential drummers for bands... Once they get in that position, they're stuck mm-hmm. there for life. They're basically fucking Supreme Court members. Like, there's yes. no way. Like, Danny Carey could not leave Tool. No. There's just nobody that could fill those shoes. No. Neil Peart, when he was alive, nobody could fill those shoes. Exactly. You know, Keith Moon when he died. John Bonham when he died. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw what happened to those bands after that occurred. Yeah. You know? There's so many drummers out there, especially. Like, I mean, there is other instances, like... um, like Peter Chris, like he wasn't known as like like a really really technically insanely good drummer. Yeah, but he fit for that band. And Kiss has had like fucking uh, four drummers since. Then. I was gonna say, but and you like also got to see players. how different they became each time yes. throughout their lineup changes. You know, well, with the exception of Paul and probably for instance, like you think of. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Dress to Kill. And then you take that to Unmasked. Yeah. Like, you know, like Lick It Up and, you know, like uh, Heaven's on Fire, shit like yeah, that. Yeah. They went into an entirely different Well, that direction. was also like the lack of makeup phase. <laughs> like, they were yeah, really well, weird. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But, you know, like the like Bruce Kulik, I believe, was one of his guitar players, one of their guitar players. Um, Vinnie Vincent, I believe, maybe. I could be wrong on this. But um, like with the addition of these other guitar players, it definitely swayed their songwriting in it. Yeah. But it always stayed fundamentally Kiss because they kind of had like a whole like Nazi Germany type approach to that band, like yeah. Metallica, where it's James and Lars that do everything. It's always Gene and fucking Paul yeah, that do exactly. everything. So, I mean, I guess fundamentally it stayed Kiss, but there was other outside influences on that. Um, I'm trying to think of like other like other bands... Like, actually, as a matter of fact, if Gene Simmons wasn't in Kiss, well, Kiss, actually, as a whole, they they have said it. They want Kiss to be almost like a um, like a subcontracted company to where, like, when they go to retire, like, Paul Stanley could just retire and they have a Paul Stanley lookalike. That's what I'm up. saying. That band itself, you could have put anybody in there to look oh, yeah. like Gene Simmons and it would have worked. I mean, how hard is it to just be like, you know. Cause I love it. Love. Yeah, like it looks exactly hard. the same. You get the same theatrical setup, mm-hmm. and the guy's name's like Bill Johnson. You know, like exactly. it would sound weird. Well, on that's paper. why they always go by the Star Man, the exactly. Demon, the Space Man, and the Cat. For them to make transitions if necessary. Exactly. Like honestly, it's almost like how like people think of like, oh, well, I'm going to start a landscaping company, and I'm going to go out and cut lawns every day. Then you know what? Eventually, I'm going to get to a point where I have a crew, and I just sit back and collect a paycheck. Yeah, that's what their ultimate plan is with Kiss. Yeah. Like, fuck it. We'll have these guys teach them all the shit they need to know. Fucking send them out. Exactly. That easy. Send out our, you know, our contracted kiss band. There's some bands around that time, too. And I'll probably catch heat for this from some people to say this. But there are some bands that have the recognition because of what they were a part of that Mm -hmm. very easily could have been somebody else. And I wouldn't have gave a fuck. One of them I can think of is Guns N' Roses. I'm not going to say Izzy Stradlin because I think Stradlin just fit that setup. But Steven Adler. I don't think Stephen Aller to me is like the Lars Ulrich to Guns N' Roses, where he, yeah, he was nothing fit the special. band, but they could have had anybody else in that position to play those, you know, 
fucking any of those songs. Phil Rudd from ACDC, Anybody. same deal. Yeah, Phil Rudd, perfect example. Like, Jesus mm-hmm. fucking Christ, dude. We could go up there and We play talk about ACDC. Cannibal Corpse. We talk about just the most Paul. generic yeah. goddamn drumming possible with all the exception out there. And this is where I talk about <laughs> death a lot. Yeah. Because death was the perfect, you talk about like company basis wise, perfect corporate entity of just, this is not good enough. We're going to try to make it better. Yeah. Like Chuck had no fucking loyalty, it seemed. I mean, I don't know he the ins and outs. He was all about making a brainchild. He band. wanted the best possible situation because some of the musicians he played with were so goddamn talented. The mm-hmm. fact that he was able to say, we're going to move on from Steve to Giorgio. You know, we're going to get Richard Christie in here over, you know. Shannon Harkin, or yeah, whatever his name was. Like, what the fuck, dude? He yeah. just moved on Insane. no matter what. And it worked, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the most progressive band in terms of changing sound over time, specifically oh, for 100%. that genre. 100%. The Misfits is another situation. When yes. the Misfits started out before Doyle got in there because he was brothers with Only, and then they eventually got their lineup set. Um, they even got Robo on drums from Black Flag for a period of time to yep. play on Earth AD, which they were a bit of a change down. But once Danzig left, once Doyle left, and, you know, only brings in this, like, you know, almost theatrical setup band of, you know, members with their all weird names. And I forget all of them that he did. Yeah, that like was Rain and shit. Bizarro it version didn't of the fucking Misfits. work, you no. know, by any stretch. So sometimes, regardless of talent, members are necessary for whatever sound they were already producing. Yes. Like, you couldn't have a Van Halen without uh, Eddie or Eddie, Alex. No. And that goes beyond the name. There's just, you have an expectation. Exactly. And I think that's why Led Zeppelin, I was kind of glad what happened to them after Bottom died. Because even though it wasn't Plant or Page, you know, um, they really got to a point where they had to understand, like, this was the band that they were trying to go for. Yeah. You know, even Ian Curtis, when he died from Joy Division, then they made New Order. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to get this into like members that died and like what we did yeah, before. Exactly. But there are members of bands that as notable as they are, like the whole Chris Adler thing. Mm-hmm. Very notable, but you can change him and still go on. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And like we were saying earlier with Lars Ulrich, a prime example of Lars Ulrich is that one download festival in 2004 where he got sick or some shit. And Joey Jordison played with uh, with fucking Metallica for like four songs, and Dave Lombardo played with them. Could have been, yeah. They Dave were, Lombardo should have went to. Metallica. They were a better band. If Lars wasn't an original member of that band, Lars is the spokesperson for that band. That's it the problem. Sucks, and he's the worst person to speak on anything. And we mm-hmm. always round up back in Metallica. But that's the thing, dude. They're <laughs> one of those bands. They're just so big. They're in everything, and they're yeah. And you know. It would be a different situation if every time we brought up a topic, Metallica hasn't already done it or been a part of it. Basically, like, like that we're South talking Park about episode this. where Simpsons yes. did it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, we're talking about this instance. What if Lars Ulrich wasn't in Metallica? Well, simple. He wasn't in 2004, and they had two of the best fucking metal drummers of all time fucking playing with them. So and they were a better band because of it. Let's narrow this down to finish this out. We're going to pick two bands apiece. One band that you're going to say is absolutely perfect, no member could be changed or else it would kill the band. And he, and you can even say that for bands that have already done it and their music is not as good to you anymore. Okay. And then the second one is a band that has a member, as notable as he is or anything of that sort, is just you know a f- namesake and he could be replaced because talent-wise, anybody could basically play that role. Okay. Um... Because you could even talk about, like, uh, 
Ozzy Osbourne, for instance, because most yeah. people would say easily that Rhodes was not replaceable, but yeah, you got to he, see what could have happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can be as controversial as you want. About well, it. yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing too. You know, you think about that, and like, in my opinion, Ozzy's golden period was in the late '80s, early '90s, with Randy Castillo on drums, Geezer Butler was playing bass for him, and Zach Wilde was playing guitar. That, in my opinion, is the golden era for Ozzy. Randy Castillo had been in the band for a long time, then he had died. Probably the better lineup of Ozzy would be when Mike Inez was touring on the No More Tears tour with Randy Castillo and Zach Wilde. Actually, if you watch the videos for Mom, I'm Coming Home and No More Tears, Mike Inez is in the videos. Yeah. Um, a band where no matter how... I'm trying to think here. Black Flag, they're they're one of those bands. They don't need Henry Rollins or didn't need Henry Rollins because yeah. now they got Mike Vallely, dude, and I think they're better without Henry. Well, it's funny because every era of Black Flag uh, with Keith Morris and I forgot the fucking guy. Greg Ginn. Greg Ginn, yeah, right before Henry came and he was a period in there. Um, I almost like every, if I had to put it out there song by song, if I had to pick top songs and I could only pick three, mm. I don't even think a Rollins song would make it on the list. My War is really good though. My War is very good. And there's a lot of good shit on Damaged as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, Nervous Breakdown, phenomenal. Yeah. White Minority with Greg Ginn doing vocals, phenomenal. I mean, there's there's more songs that come to mind for like Black Flag that I just like better yeah. than what Damaged had or My War. Yeah, so uh, I guess, slip it in. you know, like when you think of Black Flag or any like music fan or any just general pop culture fan, like you think of Henry Rollins or you think of, of Black Flag, you're going to think of one and, one and the same. They're yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So that's one instance that I can say to where the totally. band can live on without, Henry without you know, an, uh, a prime member. Um, <clears throat> A band that couldn't. I think if Alice in Chains ever lost Jerry Cantrell, it'd be fucking over. Done. But that, I mean, that's a given. I can't really use that one. Um, Dave Mustaine with Megadeth, that's another one. Yeah. He, he couldn't be gone. Um, fuck, man. I'm trying to think. Give me like a, like a, I'll let you a, think a on member. It. Well, not like a member, but give me like an instrument. And that would probably be easier to level out a band. Okay. So you think of, um, guitarists just strictly guitarists okay well obviously everyone's gonna know i would say van halen but um well i mean we see the circumstance of that so i mean exactly and it's over um i think if a guitar player you know who i have to say sinister gates from avenge sevenfold as cheesy and as fucking you know cookie cutter of a band as they are it makes that's a perfect one that band is just a known guitarist Mm -hmm. yeah that band cannot survive yeah. without um, Sinister Gates at all. Yeah, exactly. Because his He's talents like are guy. nothing like out this world that nobody could fucking perform. But he yeah. is just an essential He's perfect figure. for that band. Yes. I agree with that. All right. Um, I guess for you, let's do a... Uh... Oh, I already got my two. Oh, you already got Oh, them? yeah. All right. Because one them. of them is from <laughs> experience. A band currently... That even still tours up until everything that happened. That can't live without, and I'm saying any member of this band, Fleetwood Mac. I saw Fleetwood Mac live when they were a full unit 
since Nick's and Buckingham joined with the McVees and, you know, yeah. Nick. And it was great. Then I saw them on tour without just Lindsay Buckingham, thinking like, okay, Stevie Nicks is still there. Christine McVie is still just there. They got player. this guy from Crowded House, you know, to, and dude, it was not good. Like they had another guitarist with a vocalist to try to compensate for Buckingham's role in that uh, band. And it just did not work. And then I've seen videos without Stevie Nicks. And think about all those songs that each member brings. Like Mick Fleetwood's drumming, nothing fucking special. Yeah. But it's that that there's something about it that I don't think anybody could bring that level of emotion and exactly. vibe from what Fleetwood Mac brings. So I think Fleetwood Mac is one of those rare bands. Any member of that band, it can't succeed. Like they'll still tour. They did obviously with uh, Buckingham not being there, but that is not a band in any right. After I saw them the way I did, I'll never go see that band alive again unless it's that complete lineup. And that's because of what it sounded like, not because it's like, oh, I refuse. It's just they were not as good. And that's funny too because Fleetwood Mac being one of your favorite bands, if not in your fucking like number one. Yeah, yeah, they're up there. Like for you to say that, like that, like to give up the opportunity to I'll not never see him tour again unless exactly. they have a full lineup. Because I luckily was able to see him in like 2016 with that complete lineup, and then when they came again in 2019, I was like, oh, cool, this is great. But it was just it. I I felt like I wasted money. Like the Stevie Nicks, like I could have just saw Stevie Nicks in concert and w- playing Fleetwood Mac tunes, and it would have been just as good because those were the only songs to me that I was like, finally, fucking Gold Dust Woman, thank God, I get this fucking you know never going back again with dude from crowded house singing it it's like not the same now a band and this is where i'm going to catch heat as well that i think can change a member and it comes from a story of why i heard why one of the members left because they wanted to play guitar and there was a controversial issue between that because he was the basis he wanted to play guitar didn't work out so he left it his own thing tool adam mm. jones love adam jones but you could replace him. Yeah, he doesn't do anything special. Adam Jones has his own unique talent <clears throat> in the same way John Frusciante did towards Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. But Red Hot Chili Peppers was still successful in a regard without Frusciante. Yeah. Granted, I will always like Frusciante Chili Peppers better than anything with Dave Navarro. Um, I mean, what's his name after that? Uh, Klinghoffer. Klinghoffer. Always got these weird ass yeah. fucking names. So Adam Jones has a unique ability where he has that, you know, effect sound and the things well, he, he comes has, up with. Uh, he has a sound that's him. Exactly. And he's an integral member of Tool. But when Paul Deano was in the band and was the bassist, and you have to understand, Undertow has some phenomenal they've always had phenomenal bass work. But the opiate EP, the you know, original tool demo, and then Undertow is all Paul Deano on bass, and he wanted to be the guitarist. And apparently that was the reason why he left. And Justin Chancellor came in and did Enema and everything ever after that. But Adam Jones, like Justin Chancellor, I don't think can be replaced. Even though he came in for Deano and still filled the chops, there's just yeah. something about the bass work that came from Enema and Lateralis that is more appealing to me than the own guitar work, which is rare. Not many times do you listen to a band with a complete unit and say the bass is more impressive than what I'm hearing from a guitar. Yeah, I've always felt that way about Tool and Adam Jones' playing. The drumming and the bass. Yeah. Or like, and then well, Maynard's vocals, obviously. Band. Yeah, but the weakest link in that band has Adam to Jones. be Adam Jones. 
damn, those are some serious fucking shots fired. I think that might be one of the most controversial things. I had, and it's here. funny because I get heat just for talking about Tool in general, and but I'm a heavy <laughs> critic on Tool. And I, like I said, love Adam Jones. Dude's an awesome guy. Yeah. Never in controversy, very humble dude. But I'm telling you right now, if someone told me, like I said, Lindsey Buckingham out, Fleetwood Max on tour, not going. Christine McVie's not there. Even Christine McVie. I'm not no. going. <laughs> I made that. I took that chance before. There's too many hit songs with each person. But Adam Jones, they say John Petrucci's filling in for guitar, tools touring, $200 for fucking nosebleeds. I'm still going. I'm still going. <laughs> Adam Jones is not going to have me missing that show. But if Maynard's out, if Danny Carey's out, and even if Justin Chancellor, one of those guys are out, I might fucking hesitate. Yeah. I might hesitate. I would. Yeah. Especially for fucking Bill Danny Eastlack Carey. is playing for Tool on the new album release because Adam Jones is sick with the COVID. Bill Eastlack's playing guitar. I'm there. Why well, not on backstage and everything? That's when. Well, yeah, it's a win-win for me. <laughs> oh, fucking hey. Hey, Steve. Let me introduce you, my boy Maynard. Yeah. Hey, hey, man. No, you, man, come over I, here. I call him James K. That's my boy. <laughs> Yo, MJK. <Yeah. laughs> I call him MJ. You know, yeah. like Spider Man. Yo, the Chancellor Justin, come hit him up. <laughs> I just call him the Chancellor. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's Ooh, that's Chancellor. just uh, off the top of my head of bands that just have been the way they've been for so long. They're just notable for those situations. Never really had many interchangeable members ever since it got solidified. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac definitely couldn't deal with it, and Adam Jones, I think, it just. I mean, still phenomenal for the band. But he, again, going back to Metallica, you could have yeah. replaced Lars Ulrich in fucking 91 and I wouldn't have known any fucking difference. No, no, not at all. So what did you think for this first time around doing a topic like this? I, I actually really like this. This is fun. Yeah, we'll do. We'll, we'll have to try this. Again. I'm really surprised we never did this before. We just blind. How about we just we can just label it like blind topic. Blind topic. Join the guys as they just discuss random shit and eventually develop a topic without any script. <laughs> So free notion. Tell us what you think. Find us on social media. If you really like this podcast, then I'm pretty sure you're like all the other ones because they're all essentially the same. Um, find us on social media, facebook.com slash RATM podcast, Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast. And if you don't like what you heard, get us on our, our email, uh, RATM podcast at gmail.com. Leave, leave us a rate and review on iTunes. Spotify, wherever else you listen to this podcast. I have to give a shout out to our Pandora listeners here because uh, it's where a good like 90% of our listeners are coming from is Pandora. So uh, leave us a thumbs up. Good for them. Yeah, exactly. But let's get into our suggestions for this week. My suggestion for this week is to check out the 2007 album, The Last Kind Words from uh, metalcore band Devil Driver. The song in question here is Triads of Truth. Um, Devil Driver is one of those bands that kind of fell by the wayside with, you know, like the whole like um, uh, new wave of American metalcore and all that other stuff. And uh, they're just that they're one of those bands that got, you know, like kind of overshadowed by a lot of bands like Killswitch Engage and shit like that. But Devil Driver is definitely one of those bands that uh, were able to hold their own. And uh, yeah, I mean, check it out. Devil Driver. Nice. So I'm going to recommend an album. I. It's just a super mainstream black album now if you're into the scene. So I kind of held off on recommending this. But since it's relevant to the movie suggestion, I'm going to recommend the 1994 release by the band Mayhem. The album is D 
de mysterious dom satanus. It loosely translates to the mystery of Satan, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, but the track I'm going to recommend is track two, Freezing Moon. Very, very good album. It's just, you know, kind of a quintessential, like, if you like this genre, this should be in the catalog of just the most notable albums of the scene. So, had to recommend it because the movie suggestion of the week is the 2018 release, Lords of Chaos, directed by Jonas Sacralin. Um, stars Rory Culkin as Euronymous, the most notorious known figure of the band after what you know happened between him and vocalist of current band uh, Burzum. Mm-hmm. But it's basically the story of mayhem and the upcoming black metal scene. These guys were basically pioneers to the whole genre. They were your Chuck Schuldner of the black metal yep. origination. Um, so you get to see a lot of just kind of the formation of the band. Um, it's not a documentary. It's actually a biopic. Biopic. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, hooked on phonics, not really kicking in yet. So I'm getting there. That's that clear view education. <laughs> that is you. that clear view education. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so yeah, Lords of Chaos. Check it out. It is on Hulu. Free. It's on Prime. Water Twig, of course. And you know, for as kind of like, I don't want to say it's cheesy, but it's not like the best biopic we've ever seen. It's not. However, yeah. on a scale from straight out of Compton to the dirt, it's like fucking probably closer up to straight out of Compton. Yeah. Like the dirt was an absolute joke. Yeah. I put, yeah, I would put this in the middle of those two movies Yeah, I, because I think, I think it's, it's a good worth middle. a watch. You're not going to be disappointed. You're going to just be wishing they would have done something better. The yeah. Dirt. I was like, Angry it could have been better because, like, I'm not even a huge Motley Crue fan, but then you made it worse. It could have been so much better. So that much, movie the Ozzy, the Ozzy Osbourne scene was fucking horrible, dude. You made that yeah. guy just look like a belligerent asshole, which I'm sure he was at the time. But you didn't even make him look like cool. This guy was the fucking man yeah. of the time. Like he was god of in the entire genre. Yeah, they 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 dropped the ball big time yeah. with the dirt. Oh yeah, and it really sucks because. Like, we'll never get another biopic like that again. No, it's done. But on that note, this is another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream podcast for the books. If you like, you can reach us on our social media accounts, facebook.com slash R-A-T-M podcast, Instagram and Twitter at R-A-T-M podcast. Write to us on our email, R-A-T-M podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a like, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, YouTube, uh, Pandora, Spotify, tuned in wherever you listen to this podcast shout out to our peeps in australia and in canada we see you across the united states we see you as well shout outs to uh yerbe mate beverages and liquid death if you ever need free advertisement just an, we don't even want to get paid just an affiliation yeah just a shout out I, honestly dude i'm not even looking to get paid i would just like to get some water yeah like, could you like, i care like I just bro, you throw us a fucking case of water once a month just to shout you out on our airways. I mean, we're probably gonna shout it out anyway, so you're getting it for free, regardless. <laughs> but you know, we're just like you, couple of dudes just trying to make a difference. Make a difference. I like that big stuff. Couple of dudes trying to make a difference. Like we're we're, we're environmentalists, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, we need like those southern accents that they use in South Park. Don't bear steamy rave on a couple of dudes trying to make a difference. There's a couple of guys trying to make a little bit of a difference. <laughs> he just shoots his britches, <laughs> and he fills one pair up, and he 
starts filling up another. It's like a British Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> what fur? What fur? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that. All right, no, talk. we'll talk about this on our intermission. So this has been another episode of Virgin's Mainstream Podcast for the books. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Bill. I'm Steve. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening. What bird? <laughs> that line, dude. <laughs>